Hey guys, Angus here uh, for Reshape Radio. I've got a new episode. This is 11 unconventional ways to lose fat. So I'll quickly read off the list and then I'll go into detail on each one. So number one, take a cold shower. Two, use a squatty potty. Three, get a dog. Four, put a mirror on your fridge and cupboards. Five, throw out all your junk foods. Six, put yourself into a good mood. Seven, use lots of flavors in your food. Eight, focus on getting fitter. Nine, try a 12-12 or 16-8 fast. Number 10, put your phone into black and white. And number 11, get blue light blocking glasses. Um, so that's the 11. Let's go through them one by one and kind of go into a wee bit of detail of why these may help you lose fat or may help your lifestyle. So when we're looking at lifestyle and losing weight, etc., we know a calorie deficit matters, but we need to maintain the calorie deficit. And calorie deficit isn't enough. If we don't get enough sleep, for instance, that calorie deficit, your body must make up that deficit with either fat or lean body mass. And if you want to lose fat, you need to take it off fat, not lean body mass. So if you don't get enough sleep, you can take um, more out of your lean body mass than you do out of your fat. And that's probably the worst situation because you want to preserve your lean body mass as much as possible. So let's go through them one by one. So taking a cold shower. So taking a cold shower is something I've been experimenting with uh, pretty much most of this year. And we're now in July. So every morning I've been taking a normal shower and then for just a few seconds, literally a few seconds to about 30 seconds, I've been flipping the shower onto cold and this changes your fat, your adipose tissue becomes something called BAT, which means brown adipose tissue. And the reason it's brown is because it has more mitochondria in it, which could accelerate the fat loss or it changes that fat. So it deals with coldness because now you've adapted yourself to your experiencing cold all the time. So your body adapts to that. So those fat cells may not burn off or may burn off faster as fuel than normal fat cells. And they'll definitely be used to heat my body when my body gets cold. But you get a massive, um, you get a massive feel good rush out of taking a cold shower. At the time, it's awful, you don't like it. But as soon as you turn off that cold uh, shower and you step out, you get this instant high from it, um, which puts you in a good mood for the rest of the day. It's meant to be really good for recovery. It's definitely something I would try, and it, it trains that that fighting voice, that willpower in your head of that, because you, like, at the beginning when I first did it, it was something I had to fight with. You know, I would spend more time deciding whether to turn that shower onto cold or not than I would actually spend in the cold water. Now it's just a case of I don't even argue with myself. There's It's not up for negotiation. Finish washing, shower goes on cold. I don't even prep myself. I don't even take any breaths. And I just try and endure and I just try and experience the cold water. And I don't know if it's the actual cold water's got hotter or I've just got more used to it, but it's nowhere near as uncomfortable as it was at the beginning. So it can help promote, lose some fat loss. The actual cooling down of your body, your body then has to heat up. That costs energy. So that has a calorie effect. It's using up more calories than the hot shower is using up um, because your body has to heat up. And it makes you feel good, which then has a great effect for the rest of the day and also trains your willpower. So that's why I would say take a cold shower. So number two was use a squatty potty. If you don't know what squatty potty is, it's a little stool when you go do a number two on the toilet that you put your feet on. This puts your 
knees higher than your pelvis instead of sitting at this 90 degree angle on the toilet. This is the natural human toilet position. For women, it helps empty their bladder because their bladder doesn't get trapped and they do, instead of emptying half their bladder, they empty their full bladder. So instead of going for a pee and then needing another pee 20 minutes later, they empty the full bladder and then they don't need to pee every 20 minutes. Um, for men and women, for a number two, it helps straighten out your pipe. So you basically do a faster poopy. Um, the less time um, your feces or your poo is inside you, the the less time you have of absorbing calories. So if you're a little bit constipated, you will be still extracting extracting calories from that food, um, which means you eat 500 calories, that 500 calories in you, you don't necessarily take all that 500 calories out of the food, but the longer it's in you, the more you're going to take that. And if you're wanting to create a calorie deficit, the quicker the food goes through you, the better, but then your body gets better and you get a better digestive system and you clear your insides out better, which makes your gut bacteria work a little bit better. I really recommend a squatty potty. You can buy an actual squatty potty and I think they're quite expensive, but you can pick one up for about 10 pounds. They're not expensive at all. So number three is get a dog. Obviously, this isn't practical for everyone, but studies have shown dog owners compared to people who buy a treadmill will do more walking because the treadmill doesn't nag you to go on it. Where a dog, it doesn't matter how cold or rainy or miserable it is, a dog needs to be walked every day and you're more likely to walk a dog when it looks at you with its big sad eyes. I noticed this with our dog. I'll go take the dog for a walk. If it's a nice day, it's it's like a wonderful reward. But even on a nice day, I might not choose to do the walk. But getting that daily purposeful one to two walks in a day for around about 45 minutes to an hour to two hour walks really makes a big difference. This is called low intensity uh, steady state cardio. And this is a prime fat burning zone. It's also really good at lowering stress levels and having a dog in general lower stress levels. And stress is our biggest killer. It's our major issue of overeating. It's what causes us to overeat. And overeat creates a calorie surplus, which then turns into uh, fat storage. So getting a dog is pretty, pretty helpful. It's not always practical for everyone. But if you're really serious about your health and fitness, getting a dog could be a really good switch and a change for you and um, especially if you've got a gym membership that you're not using you could put that money towards buying doggy things and getting a nice doggy number four put a mirror on your fridge and cupboards this is a tip from the book 59 seconds by dr richard wiseman and um, i always like this trick this trick because this is a simple trick so a lot of us have trouble with looking in the fridge and looking in our cupboards for treats and it's it's kind of like when no one's watching, uh, what what you eat in private, you wear in public is one of the sayings. But with this, the the mirror, your mirror image looks back at you, and then you suddenly see that little demon inside you that's looking for a little treat that it doesn't really need because you you you're just bored. So having that mirror makes you think twice about raiding the fridges and raiding the cupboards. Um, it's it's a simple little trick that in the in the book 59 seconds it's it's a fully researched book and he's a psychologist and it's got kind of evidence on they did this with people and they lost more weight i think this is just a, a simple little trick and i think it would work and you kind of intuitively know that that trick would work 
Number five is throw out all your junk foods. This one's pretty obvious, but willpower is a finite source. And like we're taking the cold shower to train our willpower. But if you are, you know, you just go through a normal day and it's like, hey, do you want to go large on that? Do you, you go into the petrol station and it's filled with sweeties? You have to make all the time. You have to make a choice. Can't have that. 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 And, you know, you've maybe got 100 can't have that. And if you use up 100 of them and you come home and your cupboards are filled with donuts, cookies and sweets and treats, you're going to you're going to eat them. Um, out of sight, out of mind. Um, if you remove the choice, you don't have to make that choice and you don't have to get um, a thing called decision fatigue. People like Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs have the same outfit every single day because it removes decision fatigue because they're like, oh, will I wear this shirt with this tie? Will I wear these shoes with this? It's just like, hey, it's my black polo shirt with black trousers and black um, belt with black shoes. And this just removes all decision and decision fatigues a real thing and it's something that we really need to think about because we are getting absolutely drained when it comes to this um with this sort of thing and decision fatigue is, is something we really need to consider all the time it's something that we should be looking into so Throw out all your junk foods and you don't need to make those decisions. So number six is put yourself in a good mood. So we know when we're stressed or we're in a bad mood, we're going to make bad food choices. Stress raises cortisol. The number one way or the easiest way to manipulate cortisol is a hormone called insulin, which is the kind of body's storage hormone. And insulin and cortisol, they're not friends. So when insulin gets raised, cortisol disappears. You lower stress probably evolutionarily speaking the only thing we're really ever getting stressed about is not being liked by our tribe which meant we're probably not going to get fed by our tribe another thing we wouldn't get stressed of is if the harvest didn't come through or the hunt didn't go well so we didn't eat cortisol would rise cortisol is an energy hormone that helps break down your body it's a catabolic hormone so it helps break down your body but it particularly breaks down muscle tissue and preserves fat a little bit where we're not wanting that to happen so by eating food you stop that dead but by putting yourself in a good mood you can also lower cortisol putting yourself in good mood go for a walk watch a comedy and getting better sleep will improve your mood so analyzing and thinking of your mood on a scale of one to five but you're not allowed to choose three because three just means you're okay you're either not okay or you're really okay. So you're not allowed to choose three. So you're either a five would be a fantastic mood, four would be a pretty good mood, three's not allowed, two's a poorly mood, and the one's absolutely depressed. So if you're at that one, two stage, do something that's gonna elevate your mood or remove the thing in your life that is putting you out of this good mood. This is slightly bigger than just a small tip, but this is something that's hugely, hugely important that we really need to be thinking about all the time. It's not just diet and exercise. If you're going to do some exercise that's not going to help you with your mood, then maybe switch up your exercise to something that is going to help you with your mood if your mood is something that is a bit of an issue for you. Putting yourself into a good mood and trying to be in a state of level five as often as you can is super helpful. 
we all have challenges in our lives. We all have things in our lives, but putting ourselves into good mood. And one of the top tips I've got for you is you can download an app called the five minute journal, or you could just do think about three things you're grateful for. If you can't think of three things you're grateful for, you're really ungrateful. We are, there are 7 billion people on the planet and there's someone who is the number one worst off person on the planet and they probably have no arms and no legs and they're in a cage being horribly abused in the middle of nowhere and no one is coming from them unless you're that person you've got loads to be grateful for if you have hands you're grateful if you're listening to this on a electronic device you should be super grateful if you live in a western country you should be super grateful so putting yourself in a good mood is all about creating a gratitude attitude and being more grateful for the things you have rather than moaning about the things that you don't have so we're moving on. So number seven, use lots of flavors in your food. I like simple food and simple kind of, let's let's take rice and steak, for instance. So I like basmati rice and steak, but then I can get something like a nando sauce and add that to it to add a bit of flavor. You can add garlic, um herbs and spices so you can make something that's maybe rice chicken and broccoli into a thousand different meals by just using more flavor the more flavor in your food the more your brain thinks you've had a good variety of food your brain is looking for variety so different vegetables add different flavors so you could have rice chicken broccoli rice chicken peppers rice chicken broccoli and peppers the rice can be cooked with some curry powder the chicken can be spiced with garlic there's so many things you can do to add variety to your food. The more flavor in food, the more full you're going to be, the more micronutrients you get into your body if you flavor that with something natural. Um, and most of these things like herbs and garlic and ginger are not only good for you, um, but they're also extremely low or zero calories, but they have loads of micronutrients and lots of abundant flavors. The more flavorsome something is, the more there's something in that food that creates that flavor that's normally pretty good for us. So use lots of flavors in your foods and vary up those flavors. So number eight is focus on getting fitter. Everyone's kind of obsessed with fat loss and chasing this fat loss goal, which is, which is fine. But if you're chasing this the weight on the scale, it can fluctuate depending on how hydrated you are. You could feel really good, but you're actually dehydrated because you've lost two pounds, but you're just two pounds of water dehydrated. It's it's not really that much water in the in the grand scheme of things. So taking your weight is good as a log to see what's happening in your body, but taking measurements is even better. But focus on getting fitter. Focus on running further, walking further, lifting more weights. Um, doing a workout that you can get a better time in, feeling better. That means your body is changing, and your body is adapting, and your body is growing. That costs energy, and that creates a bit of a calorie deficit, but it also improves health. Lean body mass will improve health and will also help you burn more calories when you're sleeping. You've got 24 hours in the day, and if you do an hour workout, and the hour workout, you're thinking that's for fat loss, that's not really a good advantage. If you can up your metabolic rate by 1% to 2% over a year, it's a huge turnover in all those 24 hours, 365 days a year. So focus on getting fitter. It's a lot easier to track and it's a lot easier to notice. You can notice things like resting heart rate comes down. You can notice that you cover 
say, two-mile run with a lower heart rate in a faster time, you're way fitter. That's a fantastic metric to have a look at. And these things are a lot easier to track, and they're a lot more motivational for you than just jumping on the scale and letting the scale give you your self-worth. The scale's just one tool in the toolbox, and if you're going to get rid of any tool in the toolbox, it would be that one. That one just tells you what you weigh that day. It doesn't tell you how much fat you have in your body. It doesn't tell you how fit you are. And those metrics are way more important. Number nine is try a 12-12 or 16-8 fast. So if you don't know what these are, 12-12 just means 12 hours is your eating window and 12 hours is your fasting window. Um, that's your kind of basic one. And this is the one we should do. This is um, helps with your circadian rhythm, which is how you kind of how humans should eat. That's researched by Dr. Sachin Panda, and he advocates a 12-12 fast. So you have your last meal at eight o'clock, you won't eat again until eight o'clock in the morning. You should easily be able to handle 12 hours without eating. Um, my studies have shown that even though they ate two mice that were allowed to eat all day, all night, and mice that had a 12-hour fasting period, even though they consumed the same calories in a 24-hour period, those mice that had the fast contributed more weight to their lean body mass and lost fat, and the other mice got a little bit fatter and had a little bit less body mass. That's a mice study. They are mammals. They are not humans. Um, but loads of people are advocating the fast. It makes sense to give your digestive system a rest, and you also feel good. Once you kind of advanced with that, you can go into 16-8 fast, which would be 16 hours of not eating, and you consume all your meals in an eight-hour eating window. So say you have your first meal at 12 o'clock, you would have your last meal at eight o'clock, and you can switch half an hour either side or bring it in closer. People do 24-hour or 20-hour fast or four-hour eating window. As long as you're getting over that 12 hours, you're going to be doing good. You get to that 16 hours, it really does something quite amazing. Forget about the fat loss, forget about any kind of mojo science or anything incredible. And the 16-8 fast is... Um, Mark Burkamp and he's got a website called Lean Gains and he has a book coming out that I'm looking forward to getting. Um, you don't lose muscle for at least 72 hours of not eating. So don't worry about your muscle mass. It's, it's not going anywhere. But 16-hour fast, one of the things it really does to you is it resensitizes you to eating. It removes, if you're an abstainer, it removes choice, which really helps because if you're a moderator and you can just have a tiny bit of chocolate and that will do you. But if you're an abstainer, you're someone who's all or nothing. And, you know, there's nothing more nothing than not eating at all. Instead of going, hey, I can have grapes because I'm on a diet. You just have nothing. You're allowed to have water and you can have coffee. During your fast, you wouldn't have the coffee at night. Um, But you just, it improves your sensitivity to feeling full and it removes this trap of eating all the time it really is an amazing eye-opener and this is one of the things a lot of people say um when they do this it's like oh i thought i'd be more hungry but i'm actually less hungry and that's because one of the hormones leptin is made by your fat cells and when they discovered leptin they're like oh this is a cure to obesity so we'll just inject leptin into people who are overweight and then they took blood samples and realized overweight people had high amounts of leptin but this is their satiety hormone so if they've got so much leptin in their bloodstream they should be so full but they're not full. And the reason they're not full is because the brain isn't picking up the signal because they're overeating. So that brain shuts down. When you stop eating, you suddenly get this leptin signal and you don't actually get hungry. So 16-8 fast is good. It's really hard then to get in 
the amount of calories you need, what will generally happen is you'll break your fast, have your first meal, then you have a slightly smaller meal, and then you finish off with uh, a big meal again. And then that's your eating window done. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I just had a big meal. And that kind of does you. And then you sleep for the majority of the fast. And especially if you're trying to improve your sleep, that's what will really help. And so the 10th unconventional way to lose fat is put your phone into black and white. There's options in your phone to change it to grayscale. Put your phone into black and white. It will remove that addiction to the phone but you will be so tempted to put it back onto color again so you could do it for days where you say every monday i put my phone into black and white and every thursday i put my phone into black and white or family day sunday i put my phone into black and white because it will remind you when you take your phone out your phone will look a bit funny because it's black and white and you'll be like hey i shouldn't actually be on my phone and you can put it back in your phone and then you can get back to activity with your kids the more time you're spending on your phone, the less time you're moving. It's just a portable TV, and people used to spend so much time watching TV and not getting out there. And I would carry the TV with us. So if you're at the park with your kids and you're taking your phone out, you should be up and moving and playing with your kids. So putting your phone into black and white has this slithery effect into your life where you begin to notice how much time you're actually spending on your phone. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so. Number 11 is get blue light blocking glasses. <coughs> so blue light blocking glasses are glasses that block out blue light. Blue light is what we get from the sun. So when the sun goes down, we no longer get blue light. The problem is we're getting blue light from our light bulbs, our TV, our mobile phones. Even our mobile phones have that night mode now. Uh, but getting blue light blocking glasses means you block all that light altogether, especially if you're working somewhere with fluorescent light bulbs. By blocking the blue light, blue light will block your melatonin, which is your sleep hormone or one of your sleep hormones. By putting on the blue light, you'll get a normal level of melatonin coming into your brain early. I made my son wear blue light blocking glasses when he's playing computer games. And it's like I took them off because they made me tired. I'm like, that's exactly what you want them to do. That's exactly what you want the blue light blocking glasses to do. Sleep is the biggest variable in your success. You need more sleep and you need more quality sleep. By getting blue light blocking glasses, you will drastically improve your sleep quality and probably quantity because you'll be tired earlier. So you need to use that cue for tiredness and head off to bed. Wearing those blue light blocking glasses, say from 8 o'clock onwards, will really help with your tiredness um, and if you think they're going to be super expensive you can get 100 pound blue light blocking glasses but you can pick up a pair on ebay or amazon for about five to ten pound they're not super expensive and they really are life-changing they seem really gimmicky but they actually do an amazing job and i think more and more people are going to be investing and getting blue light blocking glasses so that's my 11 unconventional ways to lose fat i will come uh, to you shortly with another list uh, thanks for listening. I've been Angus from AngusPT.com and this is Reshape Radio. And I'll get you on the next one.